We're exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. For the producers of God of a Coach. Exclusive hype brings to you. Ten on the clock. Here's your host, Tyrone Smith. And fresh off of the Lakers victory over the Denver Nuggets. The NBA National Basketball Association 75th season is officially over. It's done. There's no more regular season games on the schedule. The next four games will be the play-in games, and I will talk about those later. But we're going to break down this season in more than 10 minutes or less because this is the last episode of 10 on the Clock. There will be no more 10 on the clock episodes this season. This is the last episode of the year. And to say that I'm sad or not very happy will be uh, the biggest understatement of the year because I am very sad that I won't be able to bring no more weekly basketball episodes to you guys. But I told y'all last week we was going to do something for the playoffs. I told y'all I got y'all. I got y'all for the playoffs. We're going to talk about the playoffs. It just won't be in 10 on the clock format. It will be exactly like a 10 on the clock format, but the name of the show isn't going to be 10 on the clock. What? I have decided to name the show The Road to 16. Hell yeah. 16 teams, one champion. 16 games to get to that championship. I'm very excited to see how it goes. I'm very excited to see how the playoffs goes. I'm very excited to see how these play-ins go. I'm just very excited to see what's in store for the fans out there. Now you're about to get a lot of fans tuning in because a lot of people don't watch regular season NBA basketball they just watched the playoffs, playoffs, and now they can come in and join the rest of us NBA fans. Yeah. And yes, they'll be known as NBA fair weather fans or type specific fans. But at the end of the day, man, the more the merrier. I'm like I said, I'm very excited to see what is going to happen. <laughs> And that was the longest intro ever. This is 10 on the clock. The last episode for the 2021-22-75th anniversary season. I'm Tyrone Smith. Roll to exclusive hustle band, sneaker bandage. Y'all already know the vibes of the situation. And let me just start off by saying that this season, personally for me, 
was hit or miss, but it was a lot more hits than it was misses. Mm. I love to see the, the, the competitive balance. I love to see that you just couldn't put players together with names and expect to be one of the best teams in the league. Love to see the young teams find their way. I like to see the teams that were struggling look as if they have bright futures going forward with some of the players that stepped up this season. It was just a good thing to see overall. You got to see some accolades being broke. Whether it was LeBron jumping up to second all-time in scoring, or Steph becoming the all-time leader in three-pointers. Whether you it was heroic ball from DeMar DeRozan hitting back-to-back game winners at one point at one point in time. It was just an amazing thing to see from the rookies, the Kay Cunninghams, the Evan Mobies, the Josh Giddies, the Scotty Barnes, the Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner's, you know, the Bones Highlands, you know, just guys who may who ha- who came in with a lot of expectation and who guys who may not have came in with a lot of expectation came in and really showed out and really showed that they were able to come into this league and do some amazing things and teams that you wasn't expecting to be legitimate contenders maybe you didn't expect the Cavaliers to be one of the play-in teams that was going to make it a lot of people didn't expect for the Chicago Bulls to be one of those teams. When I thought Chicago was underrated, I knew they was going to be one of them teams. A lot of people may not have expected Memphis to be in the fun. It was just a lot of a lot of surprises. The Knicks struggling. The, 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 the Trailblazers packing it up and just deciding to go full rebuild. The Indiana Pacers deciding to do the exact same thing. Tyrese Halliburton being traded from the Kings to the to the Pacers and that move made no sense to a lot of people and now that I look at it and I see that the Kings still struggled with Demonis Sabonis in the fall it doesn't make any sense to me either James Harden being traded from Brooklyn to Philly and it looks like Brooklyn is finding their stride they look so much better without James Harden and it just seems like Philly is just kind of coasting you really don't know It started out great Then you you have these inconsistent moments Where it looks good sometimes And other times it don't look as good So it's just the Lakers The Lakers, the biggest story of the season One of the biggest struggles of the season To me, Anthony Davis lost a lot for me Just because he, he speaks as He speaks on the if And you can't live your life on the what ifs Or the if it was this Or what would have been you can't you can't do that you gotta you have to live with the hand that you was dealt and you gotta make the best of the situation lakers had three of the top 75 players on its roster and they still wasn't able to do it lebron james went out there and ball but time waits for no man and eventually father time is undefeated father time will get you you may have the numbers but his his level of stand on the court, his injuries, it caught up to him. It caught up to him. And this is going to be an interesting resting season, offseason for the Lakers. What can they do? There's a lot of talk about them potentially firing Frank Vogel today. And I feel this is a rude move that's unwarranted. You can't blame Frank Vogel for their problems. This is Rob Polinka's fault. 
the coaches only can only get so much out of players but at the same time these players gotta have the talent to be able to 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 bang out what the coach wants them to bang out on the court what and at the same time you gotta understand that when you're older when you're older the, the when you're older it's just not the same no what with the season ending I can now go ahead and I can go ahead. I can give you my season award winners from the regular awards to surprise teams to surprise players. This, that, and the third. Disappointing players, disappointing teams, all that good stuff. So, let's get into it. My MVP for this season, and this is a very close MVP race. You had guys like John Morant and DeMar DeRozan. You could have put Steph Curry at one point in time in in this race. But to me, the three people I feel would be the top three finalists for the award is Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. My MVP for the 2021-22 season will be Nikola Jokic. If you stack up teams Philly to Denver, Philly had the better overall team in my eyes compared to Denver. And this is with me taking out Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. because they didn't play the season. The fact that Nikola Jokic had Denver in the spot that they have Denver in. Denver is in the sixth spot, I believe. I think they're six. I don't think they meant I don't think they're in the plan. I think they're six. So they they get they get Golden State, I believe. So it's going to be Golden State and Denver in that first round. But the fact that Denver is in the sixth spot. Yes, granted, Philly has a way better record than what Denver has. But at the same time, you got to look at the fact that this team, the, the team that Denver went out there with on a nightly basis was a team that a lot of people didn't expect for them to be where they were. They were they were they were a playing team. The team constructed, and Nikola Jokic brought them to the promised land. And we gotta take a we gotta really cement the meaning of most valuable player. He's on the court, he makes everybody look better. When he's off the court, the players are just aren't the same no more. You could argue that at a point in time, Philly had Andre Drummond. So when Embiid missed games, Andre Drummond came in, and he may not have been that effective in terms of what he does, what Embiid does. But Andre Drummond is a, still a very unique center in his own way, and he still can make an impact on the game to where Philly may not miss miss it as much compared to what Jokic and him missing games. The impact that that has on that team. They don't have that guy that can fill a Nikola Jokic suit. Shoot. So, for me, I think it's going to be Nikola Jokic, but I think the I think the, 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 the big-time media, I think they go and be just because of his impact scoring and just his overall impact on the game that he had this year, both ways, offense and defense. So, I think Embiid wins it. But if you if you're asking me, Nikola Jokic is the MVP to me. Rookie of the year. You had a lot of great, great crop of rookies, as I stated earlier, from the Scotty Barnes to the Franz Wagners to Josh Giddies. You had the Jalen Suggs of the world. You had a lot of good rookies that came in. My three finalists for the award is going to be Kay Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Scotty Barnes. And to me, 
as much as this pains me to say it, this rookie of the year is going to be Evan Mobley. And I say Evan Mobley just because where Cleveland came in at last season, the expectation of Cleveland was to have this season and where Cleveland is now. Playing Brooklyn in the playing tournament for a possible seventh seed. Now, Scotty Barnes came in. He elevated Toronto because a lot of people didn't expect for Toronto to come in and be legitimate, a legitimate team, but they're the fifth seed. Kay Cunningham, I felt could have did more for it for the Pistons. As I stated last week, I felt the Pistons should have been where the Cavs were and the Cavs should be where the Pistons were, but that wasn't the case. Kay missed a lot of games, but when he did come on post-All-Star break, Kay came on, but have to look at the fact that Evan Moby elevated the Cavaliers to a playoff contending team. And this is a team that can be dangerous. Don't know if Jerry Allen's going to be back. That's a big blow. But at the same time, even if the Cavs lose these next two games to get into the play in the playoffs, this is still a successful season nonetheless for the Cavs. Six man of the year. Now, you had guys like De'Anthony Melton who balled out, Kelly Oubre Jr. balled out once again this season. But my top three finalists for the award is going to be Jordan Clarkston, Kevin Love, and Tyler Hero. And I think this is a no-brainer, no doubt. Tyler Hero is going to win sixth man of the year. This is a guy who, who bought into his role as a bench player and succeeded very well. A lot of people was calling him a bust. A lot of people was questioning the Heat for not trading him for James Harden. But if you're starting to look at what James Harden is with Philly and you're starting to look at the, the plateau that Tyler Harrell's on now, you can see why a lot of us aren't general managers in the National Basketball Association and we're just fans and we give thoughts and opinions nonetheless. Tyler Hero is the no doubt. He averaged 20 points a game coming off the bench. The the, the best scorer off the bench in the NBA. How is he not the sixth man of the year? This man literally carried Miami in games where they couldn't get no offense from none of the players. He was coming off the bench putting up 30-something points. And the way they, they brought him, the way they brought him in is great. The second unit, he can take all the shots he wants. First unit, he got to share the ball with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry. Second unit, he ain't got to share the ball with nobody. He can take as many shots as he wants, free at will. Same thing with Jordan Clarkson, kind of the same thing with Kevin Love. But Tyler Hero is the sixth man of the year for me. And what about Kevin Love? A lot of people expected him to be disgruntled. A lot of expect, a lot of people expected him to be traded. This man bought into his role and had a very good season coming off the bench for the Cavs. Shout out to Kevin Love for not pouting and, 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 and using the woe is me card. He went out there and he played. And he My favorite award, Defensive Player of the Year. You got some good ones this year, man. You got guys like Marcus Smart who should be highly considered one of the best perimeter defenders one of the best all-around defenders just hustle grit grind he's one of those guys you got draymond green the head of golden state defensively you got guys such as robert williams who came in who started who became a defensive monster a paint protector 
Rudy Gobert, who's always going to be there. Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy who stepped in and became one of the better defensive players of the year. But my winner for the 2021-22 Defensive Player of the Year will go to none other than Marcus Smart. Now, I had Robert Williams initially, but I cannot overlook what Marcus Smart has done for that Celtics team. Remember, the Celtics at one point in time were under 500, and a lot of people were really questioning if that tandem, if the team that was constructed can continue going forward. This is a team that has bought in defensively. And a lot of people say, well, it was Robert Williams coming in and kind of setting the tone. But perimeter-wise, Marcus Smart does it all. He guards one through five, and he plays quite well on the defensive end. I cannot stress the fact how important Marcus Smart is to the defense of the Celtics, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And a lot of people would expect for them to drop off with Robert Williams defensively. Yeah, they had stretches. But overall, they were still a very great defensive team. And I think that was Marcus Smart being the catalyst of that. So Marcus Smart, to me, is the defensive player of the year. Now, I don't know who's going to actually win this award. I feel like a lot of people will kind of kind of go with the, the fatigue pick, which is Rudy Gobert. But does Rudy Gobert really deserve it this year? You can make, like I said, you can make a better argument for Robert Williams or Jaron Jackson Jr. to make to, to win it. I say Marcus Smart, but I, I think the, the the actual winner of it, I don't know, man. I, I can see it going to Robert Williams, but I think I think they'll probably go Gobert, and that's gonna suck because he doesn't deserve to be a four time Defensive Player of the Year with Ben Wallace or Dikembe Mutombo. Most improved player. You had a lot of most improved players this year. You had a lot of them. You had guys such as. Tyler Hero, Jared Allen, you had guys Darius Garland, you had Miles Bridges, you had LaMelo Ball, like you had a lot of guys who improved from the previous season, Jaron Jackson, that whole Memphis team could be in the consideration for most improved player, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, like they had a lot of guys that improved that helped Memphis over the top to become one of the better teams in the Western Conference, but my winner for most improved player of the year is going to be Darius Garland. Now I could have went Tyler Hero here. He could he could potentially win two awards here, but I'm going Darius Garland because he was the point. He's the point guard of the Cavaliers. A lot of people questioned if he could if he could be that guy when Colin Sexton went out. What kind of player would Darius Garland be with Colin Sexton out? And Darius Garland proved that he is one of the better point guards in the league. You could make an argument for him being top 10. Now, what really did it for me because Miles Bridges had a great season this year. Jordan Poole had a great season this year. Tyler Hill had a great season this year. What did it for me was the fact that Darius Garland actually made the all-star team. Miles Bridges didn't make it. Jordan Poole didn't make it. Tyler Hero didn't make it. That is what submitted it for me. That Darius Garland is the most improved player of the year. Coach of the year. You had a lot of great ones. Billy Donovan came in, struggled that first year in Chicago. He got some players, and the Chicago Bulls are in the playoffs, back in the playoffs. Chris Finch, 
coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves. How about Minnesota being one of those teams that you just didn't know? They had the talent, but they just couldn't put it together. They get Pat Bev. Everybody want to act crazy. Everybody want to be a tough guy, but they're in the play-in. You have guys such as Taylor Jenkins, coach from the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I said, that young that young plateau of players, really impressive. And Taylor Jenkins has a lot to do with the development of those young guys. JB Bickerstaff, same thing in Cleveland. A lot of people question the three, the forward lineup of marketing Mobley. Allen, three seven footers out there, but it t- it turned out to be one of the better moves. Make the Cleveland Cavaliers one of the better defensive teams in the league. Monty Williams, coach of the best rec of the best team in the NBA record wise, the Phoenix Suns, which feels so great to say because I've been I've been preaching Phoenix Suns for so many years to y'all. He is my winner in my eyes. He's my winner. I personally think it's going to go to. JB Bickerstaff, just because I think Cleveland had the lowest ceiling in terms of wins compared to all the other guys that I named. Monty Williams. Look, when the Suns made the finals and lost the finals, a lot of people said that was it. It was a one-time fluke. A lot of people got injured. A lot of people didn't have faith in Phoenix. Phoenix came out and proved that not only were they as good as the finals team last year, but they were even better. One of the deepest teams in the league. And when you have that much depth on your team, it is hard to keep guys happy to where they have to understand that they might not play no games. They might not get the minutes that they want to get. But it's all for the common goal of winning the championship. And for Monty Williams to monitor egos and for to get all his guys to buy in to help them get to the best record, that's impressive. But I think JB Bickerstaff, you can you can easily make a case for him as well. His 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 tactics was unusual, but they were tactics that worked nonetheless. So in my eyes, Monty Williams, but I think JB Bickerstaff wins the award overall. Executive of the year, you had great ones. You had Zach Kleiman, you had Brad Stevens, Mark Eversley, James Jones, Phoenix, Kobe Altman from. Cleveland. I think Kobe Altman is going to win it. I think James Jones is my winner because he was able to keep that core together and he added some nice pieces. He added Landry Shaman. He added JaVale McGee. He went out and he got an Aaron Holiday in a trade deadline. He was able to re-sign Cameron Payne. He got Chris Paul back. Like He was able to get all his pieces back. Now it's going to be interesting to see what they do with DeAndre Ayton. James Jones... I questioned the move years ago. I felt like he just got the job because he was a part of LeBron's championship teams and he didn't really do nothing. But James Jones has proven to be one of the better GMs, executives in the league. All NBA first team. Now it's going to get interesting. <laughs> it's going to get interesting. So my all NBA first team, I got John Morant. Luka Doncic, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis, and Nikola Jokic. Now, I actually put DeMar DeRozan here because nobody expected DeMar DeRozan to be as lethal as he is. A lot of people wrote DeMar DeRozan off. DeMar DeRozan was the worst signing in the NBA behind Jared Allen. Everybody said this. I said it myself, but 
DeMar DeRozan went out there and he got buckets. John Morant, when he played, went out there and got buckets. Now, you can make the case because John didn't play a lot, but look at where Memphis is. John Morant is the catalyst of that. And you can't not reward John Morant for being the catalyst to bringing the young Memphis team to where they are, being one of the better teams in the league. Luca, we already know what Luca does on the daily. Dallas is looking kind of looking kind of nice. I think they're going to scare a lot of teams. Giannis, Nikola Jokic. I mean, where could you go wrong with either one of those? So that's my NBA first. Team. My NBA second team. Trey Young, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Now, I decided to go LeBron's second team, but you can make an argument that maybe he shouldn't make a team at all. That could be an argument that you can make. But you, you, I, I wouldn't put LeBron over DeMar. I wouldn't put him over Luka. I wouldn't put him over Ja. I wouldn't put him over Giannis or Nikola. Second team is where he. I think he should be. Joel Embiid, he can, you can... Alternate between first or second team. I think he'll make one of them. I I said second team because the MVP normally makes the first team, and I think Nikola Jokic is going to be the MVP. So Joel is probably going to be second team. Devin Booker, he's probably going to be in the MVP consideration. He makes second team as well. I just couldn't see myself putting Luca as a as a second teamer, even though Devin Booker had a nice season too. But Luca had an amazing season, so I put Luca at first and Devin Booker at second. And Trey Young, the Hawks struggled and they came back into where I felt the Hawks would be, and they're gonna be a, a team to look out for in that play in as well. So that's my second team. Third team, I got Steph, I got Donovan Mitchell. I have Kevin Durant. I have Pascal Siakam. And I have Carl Anthony Towns. Now, one of the reasons I didn't want to put LeBron in was because he was hurt a lot. And that was the same reason I was going to leave Kevin Durant off because he was hurt a lot. But... I decided not to do that. I decided to, to to put him on there. And Kevin Durant had a great season. He had a great season overall. I cannot overlook the season that he had. I can't overlook the fact where Brooklyn was and where Brooklyn is now. You can't overlook that. Pascal Siakam, you can make a you can make an argument for Fred Van Vliet. You know, he's one of the pinnacles for the Toronto Raptors success. But Pascal Siakam was a guy who was coming off of a shoulder injury and a lot of trade rumors were made about him and he was able to come in and, and exceed all expectations and ball out. Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of people labeled him as soft and he, he couldn't get Minnesota over the top. Minnesota is where they are mainly because of the, uh, you could say passion, but it, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed forced to me with him. But nonetheless, he still be out there balling. Win the three-point contest as a big man, which I, I was going to take that bet. And I could have won me some money, but I decided to go Luke Kennard and I lost. That sucks. 
And then Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has always been a steady hand, despite of the the internal things going on in Utah. Donovan Mitchell is always going to be a guy who can go out there and get you buckets. Now, you can make an argument for Zach Levine over Donovan Mitchell. You can legitimately legitimately make that argument, and that'll be an argument that you, that I will welcome. But I just I picked Donovan Mitchell here just because of I, I just picked Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> All NBA first team. Oh, and then I'm forgetting. I guess a lot of guys that you that you are legitimately missing that you know you can make legitimate arguments for. You can make an argument for Chris Paul. Uh, you can make an argument, like I said, for Jack Zach Levine. You can make a legitimate argument for Dejounte Murray. You can make a legitimate argument for Darius Garland. Even if you want to, you can make an argument for James Harden. You know, there's guys that you can make arguments for. You can make arguments for Bam out of bio. You can make an argument for Rudy Gobert. Like there's guys that you can make legitimate arguments for. Jared Allen. It, 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 it's a lot of guys you can make arguments for. Now let's continue. All defensive first team. I have DeJounte Murray, Marcus Smart, Mikael Bridges, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Robert Williams. And on my all-defensive second team, I have Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, Matisse Thybul, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Rudy Gobert. All-rookie first team, I got Josh Giddy, Kay Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Green. All-rookie second team, I have Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Franz, Franz Wagner, Chris Duarte and Bones Highland. And those are my 21 22 end of season awards. Of course, them awards probably won't come on into June, but I'm gonna go ahead and do mine now. So that way, when the when the awards do come, I can you ain't gotta hear me say, Whoa, well, I'll pick that guy. It's 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 on it's on it's on record, so <laughs> it ain't no going back. My surprise team for this season has to be, without a doubt, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because in my early early season prediction thing that I did, I had them being one of the worst teams in the NBA. I think I had them last in the Central Division, and they turned out to be, what, third? Third in the Central Division, and they're in the playing game? <laughs> my disappointing team, it's obvious I can go Brooklyn or L.A., but I'm not. My most disappointing team would probably be Indiana, just because I thought Indiana was going to be way better than what they was. They had the they had the team to really make some noise and bringing in Rick Carlisle. I felt that that would probably cement them over the top. He'll get the best out of those players, but it just didn't work out that way. T.J. Warren didn't come back. They ended up trading their guys, and they're probably going to be looking to trade some more guys in the offseason. So Indiana. Without a doubt, is my disappointment. But them, shout out to them bringing Lance Stevenson back, and Lance Stevenson went out there and balled, and hopefully, you know, he can stay on long term with an NBA team, whether it be in Indiana or somewhere else. My surprise player is probably going to be Demar Derozan, just because you just didn't know what you were going to get after he left San Antonio. You didn't know if he had enough in the tank. 
A lot of people say he wasn't worth the money that he got from Chicago, but he came in, dominated, killed the mid-range game, and did some things that helped Chicago propel them into one of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference. And this is why I feel like the NBA is starting to go back to where it was, where older guys can still be effective where a lot where a lot of the early 2010s it was you had to have a young team and older guys weren't out there really playing my most disappointing player in the NBA my most disappointing player in the NBA would probably have to be Julius Randle that's mainly because Julius Randle didn't help the New York Knicks get back to where they was, which was the playoffs. He did all of that improvement to his game when most improved player. He wasn't able to follow up on that success that he had with another solid season. Getting into it with fans in New York, it just seemed like it just seems like the, the Julius Randle experiment in New York is over with. And if I'm New York, I'm cutting my losses and I'm, I'm packing them up. And I'm getting as much as I possibly can because Julius Randle was still a good player. I just don't think he's a good player in New York. I feel like there's just too much pressure for him. My locks of the week are officially complete. And just in case you wanted to know my record overall in locks of the week. So last week I ended up picking games from the previous week. I don't know how I ended up doing that. But I did pick games to make up for those games. Um, Thursday was already done. So I wasn't able to give y'all Thursday games. If you want to see the games that I did pick, you can go ahead. You can check the description box in the last episode to see the games that I picked to make up for your games that I picked twice i don't know how that happened but i went five and two in my last week of the season which gives me an overall record of 106 51 and one you can't get no better 106 51 and one that is quite impressive i don't know what i'm gonna do with the 106 i'm gonna do something nice i just don't know what i'm gonna do yet but that is my record for locks of the week now to officially end my locks of the week. These, these are the last picks for the NBA season. These are my locks of the week for the playing games. So Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Nets over the Cavs. Hey, yeah. And then I'm going to take the Clippers over the Timberwolves. Hey, yeah. And then I'm going to Wednesday, I'm going to take the Hawks over the Hornets. Hey, yeah. And I'm going to take the Pelicans over the Spurs. Hey, yeah. Which means that the remaining two, I'm going to have. I'm going to have the Hawks over the Cavs and then I'm going to have the Timberwolves oh I don't know I'm going to have the Pelicans over the Timberwolves 
So once again, Tuesday, give me the the, the Nets over the Cavs. Yeah. Give me the Clippers over the the Timberwolves. Yeah. I will put Brooklyn in seventh in the East. I will put the Clippers in seventh in the West. Wednesday, give me the Hawks over the Hornets, which will eliminate the Hornets. Give me the Pelicans over the Spurs, which will eliminate the Spurs. And in that eighth, in that AFC game, it's going to be the Cavs and the Hawks, which I'm going to take the Hawks, which will eliminate the Cavs. And the Timberwolves and the Pelicans, I'm going to take the Pelicans over the Timberwolves, which is going to eliminate the Timberwolves. So those are my play-in selections. Next time you hear from me, it will be on the first episode of Road to 16. Make sure you guys check that out. I appreciate y'all rocking out with me. And I holler at y'all next week on 16 the road to 16 i will holler at y'all on the road to 16 as we say goodbye to 10 on the clock
Did you feel that? That's your soul re-entering your body. Take time to get yourself back together and tune in for a brand new episode soon.